your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan and the Colorado Avalanche with a two to nothing victory in Vegas. This one just felt good. Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, so for so many reasons and uh, we'll get into all of it, break it all down. Uh, but quickly, first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day and follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore avalanche on Twitter, lockdown avalanche, Instagram, Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our, tw- our our Twitter page, our YouTube <laughs> page. There it is over on the YouTube. Subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. So this was supposed to be Jack Eichel's uh, coming out party. His, uh, you know, everybody was looking forward to it. It was Eichel overload on TNT. I kind of get it. But at some point, put the focus back on the game for crying out loud. Um, And they did eventually. But that whole first period was just Michael, just like nonstop. And I was just like, can I watch a game, please? (laughs) Um, So that's why this is just so nice, because that's all anybody wanted to talk about. And again, I understand it. Like he's he's a superstar. If this was the she was on the other foot and this is, you know, the. Nathan McKinnon, like his first game of the season for the abs, it'd be a big deal too. I understand that. And that's why, because it's that, because it's simply because it's Vegas to shut them out on their home ice. uh, We have some very good sound checks for this (laughs) game coming up a little bit later, but give me your thoughts on the game. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be Eichel mania, especially like yesterday when like the NHL main account, was announcing he's officially off LTIR. Like, when was the last time we were having this kind of fanfare for somebody getting off LTIR, for goodness sake? Right. And then the one thing Keith Jones had to say about the game was, it's fast, expert level (laughs) analysis of the game so far there, Jonesy. But, yeah, it was Eichel, Eichel, Eichel. And then the more the game went on, you noticed Eichel's not contributing and Darcy's standing on his head. And then Darcy just took the narrative away. And when you get scoring from the people you should be talking about and Miko and Gabe, um, the avalanche went in there, not only stole a win, stole it in Vegas and stole mm-hmm. the narrative away from Jack Eichel. And I'm not expecting him to, to jump right in talking about Jack Eichel and, and, you know, be his his former self right off the bat. Not not saying that. I think a lot of people in the media were just maybe exp- you. Sa- I didn't hear that at all of, of them saying like he he might need some time to get eased back in. They started saying it during the game. Why? Because he didn't look good. No, he did. Like he was skating. He was just floating around. There was no jump to his game. I didn't see him do a a solid hockey stop the entire game. No. So he's clearly not anywhere near 100%. He's enough to go play a game. But, uh, you know, and I was asked this question uh, by Adam on Locked on NHL. Like, was this was, we recorded uh, that show before the game started. 
And he's like, you know, does Eichel strike fear in you? Are you, are you nervous? I'm like, not for this game. Down the road, sure, if he, you know, can you know, continue to recover and to continue to get stronger and healthier. Uh, but not for this game. But that was way below what I was expecting from him. If if they're going to trot him out there after the surgery that he had, I'm under the impression that, you know, he, he was going to give a little bit more than what he showed. I mean, yep. Uh, it, it was it was nothing to write home about, which is to be expected. But at the same time, again, if you're going to put him out there f- and, and to get solid minutes, which he got, I, I, th- I, th- I thought he was going to perform a little bit better than that. Maybe I'm just weird in this thought process, but when it comes to Eichel, I put him in that category of like Taylor Hall and Riot Nugent Hopkins, like do something (laughs) like i get the fanfare and i get your skill level and we ran like i bring up newton hopkins because in early in his career you got that same fanfare like eichel's getting it like taylor hall did before his um you know his kind of coming out party again in boston and it's honestly it's you have to do something like it's one thing to be talented but then you have to start winning somewhere because then that gets forgotten about and then I can understand why everybody's, you know, parading through the streets when he goes to Vegas because finally a place where he can win. Mm -hmm. But we talked about this in our crossover with uh, Vegas and Tony. Like, as soon as Eichel gets there, the goalie position goes down. So you you address one area, but then you lose it in another area. So he might get there and you expect him to perform but he can't bail you out, especially in his condition currently. He's not going to get in there and win you a game right off the, the hop, and especially not against Colorado with the way they're playing right now. No. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough ask for him to go up against a team like Colorado for his first game. But, you know, you just kind of go through his deeper stats. And he got 17 and a half minutes of ice time. Uh, expected goals, 0. 0.017. That's, that's terrible. Uh, four penalty minutes. He won eight faceoffs. He lost 11, 23 shifts on night. That's that's a solid number of shifts. Um, his let me see his his Corsi percentage and his Fenwick percentage. And I was checking this during the game. They actually went up a little bit. At one point, his Fenwick percentage was like twenty one percent, which is horrible. They didn't end that great. I mean, it was fifty four percent for his Corsi percentage and forty seven for his Fenwick, which that's not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did improve over the game. You know, compare that to for the best player for the Avalanche yesterday was uh, in terms of percentages, Nazem Kadri, a seventy three percent and a seventy two percent for Corsi and Fenwick respectively. Like that, that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, it, it it's. It'll be interesting to see these two teams go up against each other next week, next yes. Saturday, the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. So that's next Saturday. Um, and I think in that short amount of time, you'll see a different Jack. Mm-hmm. Michael. I do. I think he just needs to get some games under his belt and, and do those numbers surprise me? No. Uh, but he, he hasn't played in so long. He needs to get his feet under him and, and, and get acclimated to the game again. Like he, He's he's playing October hockey in February. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm I, so going forward. Yeah, I, I'm going to have some some concern because once he gets back to his normal self, 
you know, we're going to have to take note of that. But for, for today, it, it was all avalanche. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. You want to feel good about this game. But when it comes to next week, this is the last regular season matchup we get with Vegas. We're going to have a different Eichel. He's going to be a little bit more familiar with his line mates, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a little bit more signs. What they do in goalie, hey, that wasn't a bad showing tonight. No. What they do next, like how they wrap up this series, because Vegas has one on us. We won last night. It's going to be for the season series next Saturday. So mm-hmm. we'll have to, this was a nice win, but you also want to circle the 26 because that mm-hmm. one's going to tell you a lot. Yeah. And then uh, if these two teams meet in the playoffs and, you know, that comes into play, the bragging Mm -hmm. rights of who won during the regular season anyway. So, um, all right. We're an avalanche podcast. We talk too much about Jack Eichel and uh, Vegas. (laughs) But so let's uh, let's hear from Bet Online and then get into the avalanche side of things. Uh, Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your betting sports needs. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net has your is your source for the NHL, boxing, and UFC, and right down to the Olympic Games for coverage and information. Head over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action going on around your favorite sports. It's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. For the Avalanche, uh, you know, I thought, again, another good game. Like, this was the game against Dallas. They played well, just couldn't break through. We had 47 shots on net, got one through. Uh, Last night, you had 25 shots on net, and you got two big ones through. Landeskog with one, uh, assisted by Makar and Taves, and Miko Rantanen with the other one, assisted by McKinnon. And Makar, so Makar with the two assists on both of the goals. Um, that Miko one, you just you 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 were able to exhale, you know, because yeah. that was late in the game. It was a, a power play, which uh, wasn't that power play. Yes, it was power play. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, you just felt good because they were playing good defensively. Uh, it, it this was a this was a back and forth game. It was an exciting game. It was an entertaining game. Um, and it went kind of the way I didn't expect, expect a, a high, I really didn't expect a high scoring game. Number one, because it's just not, I don't know. I just didn't feel like, well, it's how these two teams play each other. Yeah. They play each other rough. And, and Darcy Kemper has been spectacular and to shut out Vegas on their home ice. This man is, is now, uh, our ace. He's, he's been, he's been awesome. Yeah, they Darcy Kemper looked incredible tonight. Did not let that home environment. Well, I mean, Vegas is known for having a rowdy environment. It's a party there. Right. Everybody's having a good time. Didn't affect him in any way. Uh, put up a shutout, even though TNT was jinxing us left and right, talking about his last shutout was his last start, and he's pitching a shutout tonight, doing the you know the unspokens in the middle of the broadcast. Right, like he beat all of that too. So. Darcy looked incredible. The physicality, not getting to both teams, was that was also interesting. So 
because it could have easily spilled over. You could have had like Nas was barking and for him not to, you know, escalate to the next level. That was nice. Everybody kind of got to business and got, we're fighting for that win all the way to the end. So it was a really good game from everyone. Yeah. And, and, there was there was some physical nature going on, but nothing really went over the top. Um, Carrier kind of was a little bit of an idiot towards the end of the game with Taves, but um, you thought maybe it was going down that road with the McKinnon hit on Nolan Patrick. Yeah, which I don't think he returned from that, did he? I don't know. I don't yeah, think I, he did. Let me look at his uh, time on ice real quick. But it, um, I don't. I don't think he did. And it escalated with that uh, Petrangelo uh, Pe- diving at Landis Gog's feet when he was getting ready to almost have like a two-on-one. Like, that was a very dirty way. He knew exactly that he was coming away with a penalty, and he was going for it all there. Like, that also could have got nasty because Gabe was also barking. And yeah. we've seen him go off, go off the handle a couple times already this year for it oh, not yeah. to escalate there was also significant. Nolan Patrick, 14 seconds of ice time. So no, he did not return. That was it. Um, and and it was, I mean, it was a penalty. They called a penalty on it. It was interference, clearly. Uh, so because he left, you th- and there was a little bit of a scrum afterwards, but you know, that was early in the game, and you thought maybe that was gonna set the tone. I thought for the most part, you know, they're as much as rivals as this these two teams are becoming, um, I thought they were kind of on their best behavior after that yeah N- nothing too outrageous but um it, it the, the first period and i put this up on twitter i mean this this game was like greyhounds back and yeah. forth they were and i think like the last f- five or four minutes of the first they were just gassed yeah and you could tell like the, the they were this slowing down a little bit just a normal pace to the game where the first 15 minutes was just pinned in the red yeah um, and then you know the, and you did see a, a noticeable change i did anyway in, in the second and third periods of they kind of settled down a little bit and i think you know emotions were high endorphins were flying and uh it, it just by the end of the first they were like we got nothing left <laughs> It was it was a good first period, I thought. And something that really stood out to me as well is later on in that third period when things were really tight, there was a lot of coaching from Jared Bednar. Um, yes, you, you're right. You're right. Utilizing like TV timeouts and all these stoppages, not just barking like pucks in deep cycle, like whiteboard, and not just him coaching. But the receptiveness of all the players, like you could see them literally kind of stacked on each other, everyone paying attention. That speaks a lot to where this team is right now and why we only have single digits in the loss category still. Mm. So that was that really stood out to me and it paid off in the end with two goals in that third period. It's not like they show the sideline all the time during a hockey game like you that's not what you're you're looking for but most of the time whenever you know most obviously avalanche games are in altitude whenever they show the sideline in bednar he's kind of just you know just hovering above everybody he's just very mm-hmm. stoic and he could he just lets his players play he lets you know uh, landiscob cap landiscob captain this team um but the, it just seemed like every time they showed the bench he was he was engaged mm-hmm. with somebody 
Uh, they came back from commercial break once and, and they even said this was during the entire timeout. Every single player was huddled over him. And he, as he was going over a whiteboard, there was another time where, uh, you know, Landis Cobb was turned around, talked to him and he's engaged with him. He was more animated, not over the top because he never does that. He was more animated with some uh, referees mm-hmm. and, and talking to them. I agree with you, man. I think he was treating this because of the opponent. Uh, more like a playoff game. I, th- yeah. I just, he wants to win them all. Like you know, when when you're top of the standings, you want to win all the games. But I I agree with you, man. I think he, I just got the impression that he was really coaching a little bit extra because he wanted this one. And usually those those talks we always talked about, especially last year and the bubble year. Like those talks really came at the intermission, and you were kind of hoping that we get to the intermission because you know. Bednar is going to have a talk in the locker room. They're going to come back out with a different look. And I honestly feel how that game was going that Bednar did not want to go to the locker room because he did not want to see that team in overtime. And that was one of his, hey, guys, we have to do this now. We don't want this extended. And you could see him coaching more in-game, which speaks volume for where we're going deeper in the season because if we're making these adjustments mid-game and they're translating to goals Mm. that's a really good sign yeah yeah i agree um you had the gabe landeskog thought he had a goal Mm -hmm. and they they even you know some whoever's on the ice with him at that time you know they were kind of celebrating for a hot second and that puck just went from one one end one uh, post to the other and then back again almost uh, <laughs> how that thing stayed out is just uh it's, it's uh, an air hockey physics. goal <laughs> it's so true it's so true um and then he got one which was just yep. so poetic that he that he did get one and and it was not the i mean that's kind of how we were saying in the dallas game how mm-hmm. they were gonna have to win that game which obviously they didn't kind of like grimy um that that goal was not a thing of beauty the placement was yeah but it was a pass from a car that was kind of on its edge and i think he was just trying to take a whack at it to to maybe have somebody collect a rebound because it wasn't i mean the angle was fine but it's not like you know he he didn't he knew that the goalie was going to be in position and it just it found a way to get by, and that's what you needed to crack the scoreboard. And then and then you just continue to play your game, and it was just it was just an avalanche win, basically. Yeah, and there's there's something about scoring a goal going up one nothing, and then there's something about Gabe scoring the goal and going up one nothing <laughs> that gives you like this extra amount of peace. Like, okay, Gabe put one up there, we're okay, we're going to be okay, <laughs> and yeah. you really got that feeling off that goal. And then Miko followed it up soon after. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, man, I was so hoping that uh, I think it was uh, Makar with the empty mm-hmm. netter. Yeah. Slowly creeping toward. <laughs> I think it was Petrangelo who just got it uh, just in time. Uh, it would have just three to nothing would have made me feel a lot better yeah. than uh, two to nothing. But, you know, they, you got Kemper who was just phenomenal. You can't say enough good things about him. So, um, yeah, you got another thing on him. Go ahead. Oh, uh, when it comes to that Miko goal, I'm noticing he's really loving the Ovechkin office for setting up goals. If you watch him, if he gets mm-hmm. comfortable, he likes setting up in that circle. Hmm. Um, right. So 
keep an eye on that. If if Miko's yeah. floating in Ovechkin's office, good things are coming. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do some sound check. All right. Um, and then we'll kind of maybe dive into some stats and then what the Avs have coming this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, if you're new to the, the podcast, after every game, win or loss, Kyle and I dive through the collection of uh, music and throw out a song that best summarizes uh, the action on the ice. So who do you got for uh, last night's game against Vegas? Last night's game in Vegas was in Vegas. And when you think of Vegas, you think of none other than the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. Sure. And the song I chose is a little less talk. I threw this out for many different reasons. The Eichel talk. Right. That's what I was thinking when you said, (laughs) okay. Um, The Eichel talk is definitely number one. And it was also the theme song for a show back in the 2000s called Las Vegas. Um, So it works hand in hand. Yeah, it works hand in hand there. But definitely like it was all talk. It was Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. And a little bit more action is... It's what we walked out with. See, and now the, the only version of that song that I know is, uh, I, I think it's, I think, I, I think it's on the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack. It's like a current yes. version, like a current, they had some like more updated, like uh, background beats to it. I think it's the JXR version. Yeah. But that's, this is not that one. This is the, we're going original we're, here, right? OG King of OG. Rock and Roll. All right. Yeah. That's, that's a fantastic one. Uh, I love it for me, uh, kind of going down that same realm a little bit, uh, you know, who doesn't love Bjork? I think we all hey. love Bjork and, uh, she has a song called it's Oh, so quiet. Oh, and, uh, I just, you know, I had to break that one out. It was, it was, it's perfect timing, a shutout. Uh, if, if it wasn't a shutout, I don't think I would use it, but a shutout on Vegas's home ice. And it was, it was oh so quiet in that arena. Even when they had the goalie pulled, Vegas got a couple chances, but uh, mm-hmm. that is usually a raucous, raucous crowd. Yeah. And the Avalanche really kind of quieted them. And to to send them home uh, with with nothing to cheer for has a smile on my face. So that that's my go-to right there. And you know the Blue Man Group, they don't have a lot of songs with lyrics, so it's hard to sound check with the Blue Man Group. <laughs> Very true. So, uh, yeah, those are two great ones. I love those two. So, yeah. um, and you can follow. We, we I'll add them to uh, the playlist on Spotify if you want to find that. Just LOPN sound check, and you can follow along. Save it, follow it, and jam out in your car to some Elvis and some Bjork for today at least. All it's right. a good playlist. Yeah, it's uh, it's building. It's building by the game. So, um, just go through some stats quick. You know, Avs, let's see, 1 for 3 on the power play. Good. 0 for 2 for Vegas on the power play. So that's good for... The, the Avs penalty kill continues to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, really since that run that they went on in January. It's continuing to to be, get better and better and better, and it at this stage in the game in the season, even though it's going as well as it is as it is, they were so far down. I think they were like twenty eighth at one point. Now they're like twenty second or twenty first. 
you're not going to just ascend to the top 10 at this stage in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have to look at what they've done recently. And recently, it's been great. Yeah. Really, really good. And Uh, that penalty kill, that penalty kill looks good. Even though we are one for three on the power play tonight, it still boggles my mind every time like altitude will throw up that stat and we're like sitting at 10th or 11th with a power play. It doesn't feel like it. And I feel like that still needs yeah. to be addressed. Well, and that, the kind of what I was just saying about the penalty kill, the opposite's true for the power play. Uh, you're, you're okay on it, but because you were doing much better early on, that's why you're still in the top 10. You're mm-hmm. not going to free fall even when you're not doing as good as you were in the beginning of the season. So um, let's see who's kind of standing out here stats wise. I mean, you're not going to get a ton. Maybe let's see who's leading shots on goal. Obviously, Nathan McKinnon's got four. Uh, Miko Rantanen had four. Kadri had two, but Kadri did not score again. So two games, I think it's two games in a row. Yeah, because he scored the one before the Dallas game. So the first Dallas game he scored. not like a concern or anything. I thought he played better. His game against Dallas, we talked about it, was not his best game. Um, but he's been on all year. So he's going to have a couple game streak where he doesn't score. Um, he'll, he'll get back on track. I'm not worried about that. And something else that's probably going to get overshadowed from Darcy Kemper's um, performance last night, mm. there were some very, very bad giveaways from Burakovsky, Jose and I think Sam Gerard as well. Um, and that also showed up in the Dallas game. So this is a little bit of a trend. The bad giveaways and the turnovers, we have to address that. Yeah. And what better opponent than Saturday against Buffalo? There you go. Yeah, uh Burkowski had a really bad one on on a power play. Could have been a shorthanded goal for Vegas. Uh obviously was not. But yeah, I think uh, I I I, I don't know. I rem- don't remember any specific ones that Gerard had. I mean, he he may have. I thought Sam Gerard played a great, great game. Yeah. Um, he, you know, no no goals or no assists or anything. But um, let's see. He was. I mean, he next to Makar, who who has over twenty six minutes of ice time. Sam Gerard was second, even more than than Devon Taves. Um, I thought he was just on pucks. I thought his passes were good. Um, he was not afraid to go mix it up. He knew he needed to be just a solid defensive player last night to me. And he's not the type of guy that's flashy. He doesn't stand out a lot for like this year. Anyway, he has in the past, Yeah, but I think he's settling into like a new role of, I'm going to let Taves and McCarr, you know, be, be the, 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 the faces and the names of our defensive units and I'm just going to play my game. And he's been doing that all year. But last night, he really did stand out to me. I thought he played uh, a great, great defensive game, if you ask me. Yeah, Sam Gerrard has been starting to settle into that role. And he's a little bit more noticeable from where in the beginning of the year he really wasn't. So yeah. it's nice to see him take that turn as well. Yeah. Um and again, I'm just kind of going through his his you know uh, you know more of the deeper stats, but wow, 32 shifts he played. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and see, uh, and, and that's another uh, the 32 shifts. That's something else I would like to see the Avalanche work on. We've we've fallen prey to the too many men on the ice, 
And yeah. something that I saw in last night's game against Vegas, we have to do better on shift changes. Yeah. Uh, we are not getting good, clean shifts. And there were a couple times in that second period that the lines were so mismatched with who got on, who's still on. Um, that could be a big problem if they, those don't get cleaned up. Like, yes, it's Vegas. You don't want to see Darren Helm out there with Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. But that's something that also needs to be addressed. And maybe we can get cleaned up. But keep an eye on that. Like, there's some weird changes that only two will get on and two will get off. And it's, yeah, it's really like- rough. Uh, too many men is like the, the first couple seasons. It should be like the first couple, uh, weeks mm-hmm. of, uh, like false starts in the NFL. Yeah. You just have to get your timing down. It shouldn't be happening right now as, as yeah. much as it is for, for the avalanche. So, uh, I think it, it's an easy problem to really address. You just kind of like, you just need to bring guys. We need to be better at this. This is like stuff you've been doing since you've been 11 years old. Uh, and it's just, it's just, you got to pay attention more. You have to be more cognizant of what is going on in front of you. And I think they're just getting a little bit lax with it and they can't. So, uh, it's, it's an easy fix, but yeah, I don't know why it keeps happening to them. And you don't have to push the puck every time you get possession. It doesn't hurt to settle in behind that goalie and allow a change. Yeah. I see we get that possession and we automatically do a pass to somebody who's just ghosting on that blue line and cherry-picking for that offensive transition, you can hold that puck and cycle it back and wait behind the goalie just a beat or two. Let everybody change, Mm. and you get yours when you get back on. I'd like to see us implement that just a little bit. This is not the avalanche way, Kyle. (laughs) Go, go, go. It is, you know, full throttle all the time, man. That is is avalanche hockey. We'll do that. We'll do that until it breaks. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So next game, not till Saturday. Is that that's correct? What our schedule says against uh, Buffalo. That's in Buffalo, right? I believe it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where they go on their East Coast short trip. I think they're doing Boston again. And uh, I don't remember who it is. But yeah, Buffalo is in Buffalo. So one o'clock Eastern start. That's nice. So <laughs> mountain time, you're going to be uh, eating your ramen noodles and watching some uh, avalanche hockey early Wonderful. morning. That's awesome. So, yeah, overall, another uh, another great win. This, Like I said in the beginning, this one just feels good because of, of the opponent. And mm-hmm. uh, you always like beating Vegas and doing it on their home ice. Yep. It's nothing sweeter. So... Uh, all right, that is going to wrap it up, everybody. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Go check out Locked On NHL. It's uh, Thursday, so myself and Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning are hosting today's episode. Go check that out for your second listen. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. And uh, maybe we'll get a trade happening. A couple days off, so get it done, Joe. Get it done. You got a couple days off. He's already on the East Coast. Yeah. We can meet him there. We'll pick him. We'll even divert the, the plane to go pick him up in Philly and then head up to Buffalo. Or we could bring someone from Vegas. That's uh, that. <laughs> that is wishful thinking, my friend. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On 
Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.